escape to the metaverse But act like you know, yeah You are now tuned in to the Matthew and Rizzle show, yeah uh, Escape to the metaverse Better act like you know, yeah You are now tuned in to the Matthew and Rizzle show, yeah No one tell them I've begun recording. So, real quick, before we get into it, what's top of mind? We're like unpacking how we normally do our podcast, which is literally just jump on a call and be like, yo, (laughs) you got any alpha? You got any team? Yeah, I'm like, all these people are like listening to our back end process. Let's see. I don't know. What what are we going to talk about? This is like my final day of like LARPing as an artist in this thing that we talked about last week uh dude i'm fucking annoyed at our like handle that we changed that we needed to yeah, change let's, let's talk about that bullshit because that's super annoying fucking because it works but it doesn't work it's like twitter is rugging us if you click it it takes you and says that there's no podcast and you refresh and then it works same url really annoying um i don't know if it's an anchor thing or, or what i i submitted a ticket to anchor just oh yeah can help with this yeah yeah, nice. Um, so we can talk about that. Wit, man. We man. We uh, like could uh, talk about the whole situation with like Jin and Boombox. That was like exactly. really good and would be fun to recap. And then got you know Skrilla coming up and everything. So exactly. Uh, I really that, wanted to talk about that too. Yeah, all that stuff is like very top of mind anyway. Uh, you know, interrupting how how these pieces fit together. So um, cool. Uh, do we have to? I, I feel weird, like, we need, like, Robot Lady to, like, give us permission to start. Like, how do we even kick this thing off? You lazy mofo. Yeah, one sec, let me trigger the O. Yeah, I, well, Jesus, we're already recording. <laughs> I am exposing your secrets. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that whole yeah, intro's been recorded. <laughs> Tristan's, like, lurking backstage recording us the whole time. We need That's Robot cool. Lady to be, like, recording, starting, or whatever the hell she says. Right, that'll be your like your action symbol. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. Uh, Dragonate's a, a consummate professional. He's gonna discover where we actually start. Am I? And will I? Are you sure? And I'm confident. Also, he's going to insert a robot lady um, just for oh, nostalgia's sake. Even though the robot has only ever been something that you and I have heard, Rizzle. <laughs> uh, it's not for anyone else. Um, anyway. <laughs> One of the most constantly referred to uh, people on our podcast, Robot Lady. No one's ever heard her but us. Exactly. Anyway, dude, um, welcome back. Another week, another episode, Matthew and Rizzle show. First of all, let, let's talk about like the bumpy um, like departure of the new URL that we try to set up to do like good quote unquote like marketing and shit for our podcast. Ended up coming back to bite us. We changed the URL from like some weird URL I'd set up when I created the podcasts like years and years ago uh, on Anchor. It was like Moffer hyphen something. It was just like no one understood what it meant. So we changed it to like Matt hyphen and hyphen Rizzle (laughs) just to make it more human readable and identifiable. And it ended up breaking up all the links, even though we updated Twitter, like clicking on the link 
it takes us to like a, a broken anchor site. You have to like mash refresh. You have to, there's like a walk around to make it work again. But oh, kind of a nightmare. Dude, so how like ironic, right? We're like on the podcast where we're talking about like trying to streamline our marketing and like get our shit together. Uh, we like actually try to make some moves in a productive direction and like it completely blows up in our face. Uh, dude, there's like, it was a, it was a good episode too. Uh, it's, it's like, it's so frustrating. Like, uh, and probably one of the reasons why we like aren't that great at this either, but like, dude, staying on top of like all this shit, especially when you have like, a whole bunch of stuff going on is like it, it's just like so much and yeah man you think you're doing something smart and you know here we are then you know getting flooded with like dms being like dead link like you can't access podcasts like fuck oh um, yeah but that being said like the the place for this one it got up to like around 150 which is like at the lower end of what we get like on an act like a in less than a week but it's like people were figuring out ways to listen to it. So that's reassuring, at least. I think our listeners are also used to us, like, giving them a bunch of challenges and not making <laughs> things super easy for them. So I uh, had to... Shout out a couple hundred diehards mash and refresh on the podcast <laughs> page. <laughs> it's it's kind of dope to see on the one hand, but, like, super, super annoying. Hopefully it's just going to smooth out with time. Um, I know, like... Thinking back to when I actually set up the podcast feed, as soon as you do it on Anchor, at least back in the day, maybe it's different now, you would like be searchable in most of the the podcasts, um, like apps. But it would take like a pro- like a period of time, like maybe a month, before like Spotify and like Cast and other like podcasts apps like supported it and like made it queryable. So I'm guessing something of a similar kind of lag period exists when you update the URL. So that's my anyway. assumption as well. It was yeah. cool to see like trust wallet randomly. The, the episode we did with trust wallet, like three years ago or something uh, about NFTs randomly get tweeted out by somebody. Uh, and they have, I mean, they were in their infancy when we interviewed them. I mean, enough that, you know, the CEO or whatever hopped on our podcast and yeah, it was a great interview too. It was, uh, cool to see that like randomly be put out there. Yeah, it was wild. I clicked on their follower account now. It's like Trust Wallet has 2.2 million followers. Having that tweeted out is pretty dope. Um, again, it sucks that the link that is on that tweet is now broken. <laughs> <laughs> but like, <laughs> all right, the diehards know there's always a series of logistical hurdles to jump through when dealing with any of our shit. Uh, yeah, actually, no, the. But- Go ahead. We, I mean, the, the contents of that episode were for, forecasting basically the rise of, of Matic and Polygon and these layer twos, like optimism and shit like that, and all the building that's happening over over in their necks of the woods. Um, and it, that was like, that was so early. Be, people were like, what the fuck are you talking about? L1s forever, RAP, anything else? And it's like, actually, no, <laughs> like, there's a ton of building that's that's happening over on the L2s and a lot of energy over there, like the Starbucks, like the whole enterprise, like the enterprise blockchain meme has essentially just morphed into like L2s and shit like that. Um, <clears throat> that uh, the guy we interviewed, I'm dropping his name. I want to say it started with a V. Uh, I, I can't recall, but he Laddie. also was great. Was it, say it again? Vladdy. Vladdy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, had like some great stories like was awesome to interview and had some like really 
really interesting like tales from uh growing up and everything that was that was a cool one man yeah um, like like farming tomatoes before yes, getting into yes. <laughs> yeah really weird really cool i'm um, sorry victor victor Radchenko. that sounds right yeah sorry but no 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 all good man. I I the world years also like you know at this point it's kind of uh, it, it's it's funny to be like people ask like have you interviewed so-and-so and i'm like i th- think so like we've done so many of these at this point like sometimes it blurs together it's like were they on the whip were they on our podcast it, you know i had the run of the token smart podcast for a little while there uh and it all sort of like mushes together a little bit uh the whip last week was a banger though man having like gin and boombox head and sort of like that free flowing discussion going on i feel like uh even you know johan was like all excited about it too and i feel like johan johan keeps it like pretty even keeled so when i hear like johan's voice get excited i know we like did something really right yeah i mean johan is as even keel as as they get (laughs) and like after the whip and then today on like uh, the the pre-whip post-whip kind of like breakdown that we do every tuesday he was he was excited yeah, and we're like, whoa. This is like, first of all, it's like, calm down, Johan. This is like weird <laughs> for me. <laughs> but like, he he's always focused on that that cutting edge, that bleeding edge conversation of like where yeah. we're actually at, especially when it comes to like open metaverse building and everything, and especially Jin keeping it so real last week and just yeah. talking about, hey, it's it's kind of fucked up. Uh, there's no real communication between any of the bigger projects. Um, even though there's like a lot of action at the, I guess the the edges or in some of like the the newer, um, less well known projects, incorporating some of the open building standards and stuff like that. There's there's not this the proper give and take um, between the bigger projects to to really truly help push forward this open metaverse and open standards and and the interoperable nature of what that possibility or what uh, possibility those open standards help create right and i thought that was that was refreshing i hadn't heard like a proper update on like where where the fuck we're at since really last year and before the, the prices for a lot of these metaverse coins started to crash right and there's just like peak euphoria and everyone just like adidas is in the metaverse now like send it to a thousand dollars like up only so having that that reality check was, was interesting we were talking that we probably want to do some sort of like proper state of the metaverse update, maybe on a quarterly basis. Like, of course, bringing Godfrey and Jin back, but getting some of the other parties and stakeholders involved so that we can have like a real proper conversation if back channels aren't currently working, trying to jumpstart um, that ebb and flow, that back and forth, the conversation between all the, the parties. I think it's super, super crucial. Yeah, man, it's it was. Uh, I mean, we've done things with both of them over the years, but uh, this was the first one in a while, and I feel like, uh, you know, the the sort of room emptied after this like bull run it, it, within the context of the metaverse, like specifically now, man. I, it, like, I it was I actually happened twice last week where I was at a random metaverse event and ran into someone who I was also doing a metaverse event with like later on uh in the week Uh, and that happened on two separate occasions last week and i'm like it's like crazy how small the metaverse is aside from being like limitless or whatever where like 
there's really when it all boils down, like the the bull run ends, the you know everyone has sort of left the room. Uh, there's still like just a handful of us out here who are like really really passionate and. Uh, and I feel like, uh, dude, if I was Jin and, and Boombox Head, man, I would feel like sort of burned by like this this bull run because I this past bull run because I feel like there was this huge promise of like the metaverse becoming a thing and like you know they both of them have like the skill sets like on the bleeding edge of everything and and would seem like this was the time where all of their contributions would essentially be like, you know, most in the spotlight or appreciated. Uh, and somehow at like the end of the day, it seems like, you know, Jin was always out here, like sort of on his own Island, like, you know, building open source and like, you know, pushing this space forward, uh, you know, along with Boombox head and, and a handful of other people. And then like all these other people piled in. And then like, now that everyone left the room, it's just us again. <laughs> and like Jin and Boombox head who like, um, you know, sort of have these ideals in mind, but it was cool to uh, hear from both of them speak so passionately about like the open metaverse and their desire for these projects to work together and, uh, you know, sort of build out the thing that the user base, you know, the, the primary user base of these metaverse, metaverse platforms really want. Uh, and it's, it's just crazy to think like, you know, everyone's, everyone's sort of building in their silos, like some much more so than others. And, and you can understand why, you know, people need to have some sort of silos in order to like, you know, be able to stay afloat and make some money or, or something like that. Uh, but uh, it's, it's awesome to hear. It. Well, let me walk back just a second. Cause so I'm like, you know, all this stuff happened and like Jin and Boombox Head really are the experts in this, like bar none, like you can bring in like all these outside people and, and uh, you know, to this space right now, but their skill sets are just so far ahead of everybody else that for all this like crazy hypeness and, and all this shit to happen. And for at the end of the day, like Jin and Boombox Head to just be back sort of doing their thing, like, you know, building out their street, trying to like stitch all these pieces together in like this sort of indie, like haphazard type of way with the resources they've bootstrapped or whatever. It's, I don't know, the whole rise and fall and, and you know, seeing who's left when the dust is settled and, and you know, sort of getting a finger on the pulse is just all been very fascinating. Yeah, no. A part of me, though, like listening to the conversations, like hold up, like I understand everything this man is saying today. Um, yeah, Jin's been someone, like to your point, who who I've always, always since Andrew Steinwald mentioned this dude's name back back in the day, always associated Jin at the bleeding edge, like literally him bleeding out and creating the edge. Like that's how far out in space that guy is he's just like super next level but listening to him really like, i understand everything you're saying it's kind of cool it's like maybe that's because we've been doing this for so long we finally like totally get and understand and speak Jinnies or something like that yeah but part of me is like hold up like <laughs> maybe that's not good too maybe like we just like <laughs> everything stopped and progress has stopped being made because of the the core issues he's been talking about that's sort of made me more worried about this because honestly if you look around there's not like with the exception for example of like mona going into a cool direction um and having like again keeping the the flame alive of of the artists and the creators who create compelling shit for folks with the exception of that and a few other projects that are doing sort of interesting things 
I don't know, the, the, the window of opportunity, is it closing? Is it getting smaller? Is it smaller than it has been? Will it get bigger again? There's a whole bunch of like concerns and worries I have to, to keep the energy alive and to keep people coming into these virtual spaces and having fun and that sort of thing. Um, so I'm not sure like what the future holds for anything, but honestly, really, really um, need to, to heed the warning of Jin and try to get some energy back into the space and, and like more people talking together. Yeah, I feel like all that's left are really like the super fans. We had like sort of the influx of like people who are curious about the metaverse and people who are interested in like attending virtual events. And, and I think that will always be there to some extent. Uh, but really like there's I mean, there's not a whole lot of like truly innovative shit going on like that would rally people back if they've you know sort of been there done that seen what's out there like a few times and if you're if you're really not a nerd and like completely fascinated by like all of this uh it's there's just not a lot of like really interesting compelling stuff going on out there that that hasn't been replicated or done a few times in like some you know capacity or whatever so uh, you know, I feel like we're definitely back in sort of this situation catering to the super fans. Dude, I, I really feel like AI has like the potential to ignite the space again. And I saw some tweet that I uh, won't be able to conjure up off the top of my head of like essentially like, you know, prompting, you know, virtual landscapes and virtual worlds and everything. And I'm like, this is going to be some wild shit, man, when like the tech is is out there and refined enough where you can just sort of go into one of these metaverse platforms and play God mode and just be like, make a forest and like a giant castle with dragons for me to explore. And, you know, I feel like that is going to be, that's probably like not, as far off as it sounds like it is like conceptually, I'm like, man, that would be some wild shit. But uh, I think that when it happens is going to unlock like a whole new set of users who are interested in playing around with the metaverse in like completely different ways, because for right now, it just seems like everything is like a, a slight, uh, again, like a slight variation of everything else out there. And there's certainly cool stuff if you like love the space, but in terms of like attracting outside appeal, like I, I, it, it almost feels like we ran the gamut of like you know VC investors thinking that this version of the metaverse is like the next thing and willing to just like continuously dump money into what we all like seen you know happen before. Yeah, yeah, um, it's interesting. It's interesting, and I think there's parallels like in the the metaverse side of things as well as like the 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 non metaverse, like even the art side, right? Um, just a sort of like explosion of people doing basically the same thing, slight variations to like some sort of success for some folks, but overall, like not a lot of people really like it not, it not being like the, the fault the ultimate final way of doing things. Right. Um, I think there's parallels with like the, the metaverse boom, at least the beginning of last year and like again like the manifold oes that i don't know sort of already feel dead now and like totally played out after maybe like a week and a half of of total exuberance um people i think are, are really trying to <laughs> find something more substantive um something more filling um and nourishing so the ordinal sort of, thing man i i feel like yeah. the ordinals and maybe I just don't know what I don't know. And, and yeah. that's totally possible. But I'm like, the ordinals seem like such a 
hype-driven, like, bear market. Like, you know, I feel like we're in one of these situations where there's not a lot of people left. And so, like, every three or four days, we get, like, one new hype cycle thing. And everyone rushes to that. And then, like, you know, that's gone after, like, a few days. And then there's, like, one other thing. And I'm like, the ordinals are on, like, what, their fifth or sixth or seventh day. I don't, I'm not sure what they're at. But I'm like, I, I don't. I don't find it like very interesting or compelling or like, uh, and maybe I don't understand why. I know we've got Rare Skrilla coming on the whip this week, and I'm very, actually very, very interested to hear his take on it because uh, I respect him very much. And, uh, you know, clearly he was involved with like Rare Pe- Pepe's, uh, you know, on Bitcoin like way, way back in the day. So uh, I am interested in trying to keep an open mind, but I'm like, uh, at least on like the surface level, I'm like, this isn't like interesting to me at least i don't know why it should be well anytime you see that sort of like fomo pump right and just you absolute euphoria unless you had gotten in like in the the first like thousand mints of ordinals it's just like all right let, let let the hype cycle do its thing no way i'm i'm burning money like trying to get in at this point clock it see if there's any artists really doing things uh again like an artist i really really respect rip cash is is in there minted on on, minted some ordinals with his um like jpeg like cyberpunk art it's really cool with the um cctv cameras like makes sense for him seeing if any other artists make use of it um but yeah (laughs) i'm not not trying to say that's not like you know i'm I'm opposed to artists like you know tinkering around as someone who likes that himself but uh, i'm saying that it's it's a good sign that there actually are artists tinkering around monitoring how that plays out but doing anything in the middle of the hype cycle just seems like a recipe to, to lose money and yeah have your expectations totally burned but I mean, the value of being able to mint to the Bitcoin blockchain seems amazing to me. The the most attractive part potentially would be something that you're not even collecting. It's just like treating the Bitcoin blockchain as the ledger of record. So mm-hmm. like artists, for okay. example, like always going back to an artist example, yeah. um, at the end of every year, like publishing to Bitcoin as an ordinal, whatever. Um, your complete list of works that you released that year. Um, what artist address or addresses did you use to release? Maybe given like a snapshot of um, your collectors that have held for the entire year or something like that. So that that record is made permanent on the most permanent blockchain around, right? Um, use cases like that emerging out of this this current boom are sort of like what I'm most excited about. Yeah. No. That does. Uh, that's that's a good argument, and it does make it compelling. Uh, I guess in in some respects. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I, I feel like I'm like an old curmudgeon. I'm like, I don't. I just don't feel like learning like this whole new thing and like all this shit or whatever. But uh, but people should like tinker around the shit, man. And and as soon as that, you actually said that, I was like, you know what? I like I should fucking tinker around too. Like, why the hell not? Like, all this stuff is like honestly really fascinating and interesting. And uh, I don't know. I saw some post about like how janky the process is uh or was uh, at least in the first place to like mint an ordinal or or whatever you got to do and how that was sort of the allure uh of you know purchasing one or getting involved in it or whatever i'm like 
Yeah, I, I get that argument as well. Like sometimes it's like almost cool because it's such a bitch or like a process or like so different than anything else going on. Um, I don't know. Like I said, man, like really interested in hearing like rare Skrilla's take. I know he's like a big proponent of minting on uh, Bitcoin and everything in general. So uh, I don't know, dude. The, I mean, the other thing that I think left like, I don't know, a bad taste in my mouth. And it, it's not like right of me to hold this against like ordinals in general. But like, I feel like as soon as, you know, this concept started catching attention, we had like the punk derivative on ordinals, like selling for like a shitload of money. And I was just like, I was just like, oh, like barf, like, you know, nothing. Nothing against punks, but I'm like, dude, why? Why is this like the the only thing that we've got? Is like, you know, we a new thing comes out, and the first thing that happens is some fucker slaps like a you know the exact same punk derivative on that chain or on like that whatever whatever. And I sort of get it; they're like iconic, you know, in their own right or whatever. But it's just to me that's what made it seem like uh i don't know i'm like this is the best we can do it's encouraging to like hear that there are artists and like you know potentially people doing like actually interesting shit on there and there probably is a lot more interesting shit on there that i'm aware of but that's what caught the headlines and i'm just like honestly that that's crypto cringe to me like seeing that behavior it's like are you still are you guys still doing that it's it's very corny Having folks like take their like someone with the board eight, always with the board eight, fucking stupidest community around, taking their board eight and like burning it and and reminting on ordinals and like, hey, I got my ordinal ape. And it's like, all right, okay. Like this is peak stupidity at this point. Top signal. Um let shit start to cool down. It's how it, it's it's my take basically. I know there's like some some good apes out there but honestly on the whole just not 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 the most erudite like top of the the chain community overall it's pretty crazy to see like the like cnn i don't know if you caught that but uh a few people posted the cnn clip about the coverage of the whole like board api club like controversy uh, over like I don't know, there's like a whole lot of controversy uh but it was interesting to see it uh on cn see the clip on cnn have them acknowledge that board apes has sort of become the you know sort of de facto like what everybody associates nfts with and also how like not everyone's real thrilled about that um so i i don't know it was actually like pretty interesting i i feel like the predominant uh i don't know if coverage is the right word but i feel like most of what i see out there is like just you know a a board ape love fest about how they're like the greatest thing to ever happen like constantly so to see like a major like news publication come out and sort of like uh i don't know try to discuss the the whole thing from all sides or whatever uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. That situation, it seems like it's been played out like forever. I have no idea where that like whole lawsuit or anything is, but I feel like that started happening during like the peak of the bull run and it's still like sort of ongoing or something. I don't even know. The the CNN clip I saw was like mostly delving into the, the Rider Rips, like Xerox poly conspiracy theory. Um Ryder Rips is just a fucking grifter too. Like I have no time for for him or Paulie and like the the Funks crew and all that bullshit. Honestly, it's just like super negative and 
again, conspiracy theories, like re- making huge reaches and shit like that. It's, I have no time for those folks either way. Huh. But yeah, I mean, it yeah, is I'm, sort of interesting that CNN covers it, but then again, like... Yeah, I don't know. They, I mean, do they, being on the receiving end of how a lot of journos actually work and how just unethical they can be, like, yeah. they're just, they're, they're grifters too. They're just going for fucking clicks and engagement. And it's not the, not the best thing. Although to, like, a boomer lens, it's, like, interesting, I guess, that it's being covered. And maybe that is by itself just a good thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it's interesting that it's being covered. And I only sort of, like, get bits and pieces of this from the sidelines because, I, you know, as the NFT scene has expanded, I feel like the NFT scene, when Bored Apes sort of were... It, it, on their uprising was still small enough that like that was the dominant conversation like across the board and now at, at this point i feel like there's so much going on in so many places that i i'm sort of so out of the loop on what some people consider to be like the major things and to be fair man i didn't actually like watch the entire clip i only like uh jumped through a couple parts but it caught uh the beginning and i might be paraphrasing incorrectly but at least what the way i interpreted it was that i appreciated was that not everybody appreciates them being like sort of the face of uh nfts to the public uh, and so uh, I don't follow uh, too much of Paulie or ri- what Ryder Rips is going on or, or where they're at in all of this shit. Uh, but I do hate being associated to the general public or like people I just meet, like, you know, my kids got a thing. I got to like socialize with some parent, you know, end up talking, talking, talking. You know, you're into NFTs, something, something, bored apes. I'm like, fuck, dude, like the, the whether you want to be associated with them or not uh to the casual observer we're sort of fucked <laughs> yeah like I, I always like to take those conversations with like yo uh one of my boys burned an ape or burned a punk like always citing robness's like on-chain performance art <laughs> with his burnings yeah. of these these digital artifacts that's where i got people are like hold up what he burnt it how much was it worth it's like yeah it's right there you can go check out the the burn transaction and the tweets and all that stuff super still like under the radar underreported underappreciated but as i mean for for robness's sake i sort of hope that the notoriety of those projects continues just because that's such like a baller badass move and like to own that shit and to, to make a performance out of it i think that's really cool yeah yeah it seemed like he got a lot of accolades for the punk, but the somehow the when he burned the ape that like didn't catch the wave or sort of flew under the radar or, or something like slightly more than that. Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe he should have turned it into an ordinal and like uh, <laughs> that was his uh, <laughs> mint that shit on Bitcoin next time. And then an ordinal, it's like yeah, resurrection, bitches. Now it's all good. <laughs> I no, was getting I'm, ready for BTC minting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, no, it's uh, I don't know. The whole thing is is fascinating, man. But it's it's also like it's it's always interesting to sort of see from the eyes of the mainstream, like where we're at or how we're being presented. Uh, and for for the longest time, uh, and then again, not to like beat this into into the ground or whatever, but I feel like. Uh, and this was like part of this part that I skipped through. It was like, oh, it was actually talking about like the celebrity and the moon pay and all that shit, which yeah. is uh, the part that I like appreciated because for a while there, it was like every fucker 
uh, out there with any mainstream attention, like Seth Meyers or whatever, is like, oh, it got my ape, and like Paris Hilton and all these people, uh, and sort of like uh, dismantling what appeared to be like a very fake media campaign, finally being dismantled and presented for. Uh, what a lot of us suspected it to be. Um, I, I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but uh, sure looks sus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that too is kind of funny. It's like, well, we get celebrities to endorse and promote everything else, and that helps those projects. Like, what's what's really the issue here? Bringing those folks in. Um, I, I don't know if it's an issue of like misrepresenting how they acquired their ape but again like how many celebrities are paid to endorse luxury brands that they may not even own like i don't know people are getting their panties up in a bunch for for any reason to call folks out and to get into like uh, a tiff or something like that so those those critiques don't really move me i see just like the net benefit of what they did like socializing the terminology that we use for better or worse again there's like a big backlash when the shit starts to dip and like the mockery has probably been intensified just because the number of people that now know what's going on but the number of new people that came in as a result of that socializing i think is still like a net benefit and people being familiar so that when the next wave of whatever which appeals to a broader audience that people have get quote-unquote more easily then that will be looked upon and as more of a positive versus like the negative uh i think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying man uh and i i do agree about like sort of the them sort of just spreading awareness in general being something that benefits us in the long run but dude i feel like this is different than like you know, uh, celebrities getting uh, paid to like endorse some shoes or, or whatever, right? You take some athletes or whatever and they get like a whole bunch of shoes and then they get paid to like endorse the shoes. I'm like, dude, this is like, this is like you've been given shares of a company or something, but you just pretend like you found it by yourself and then like pretend like you invested in it like all by yourself, all with the like intention of making that investment go up. And it's like, Dude, I feel like that's that's like the difference in like, you know, someone getting like paid to promo something versus someone like, you know, sort of pretending like uh, that's not what's happening. And they just like stumbled upon this great thing, like independently or or whatever. Um, so uh, it's but not like shares, though, it's like, it's it's not like shares, right? It's not fungible shares. It's non fungible apes that they got. Yeah, but it's like an asset. It's like it's you know you've been given a house and you know you're but you got to pretend like you found it all by yourself and like came up with the money all by yourself and you're just like oh I just got this awesome house in this awesome neighborhood and I totally just you know found it next to Paris and next to Seth Green or whatever and like all these other people just happen to find these great houses in this great neighborhood too. Um, I don't know, man. It seems it seems fishy to me. Um, real estate works too it's like you move into a new place you try to like make sure your your lawn and shit looks good and then you have like homeowners associations that are all like cracking the whip <laughs> on other folks <laughs> to make sure that they keep their shit up so that everyone's like value quote-unquote like in theory at least could go up and like the more like you get a famous person to move in or some shit like that ooh, like that's great for real estate prices that's great for everyone right it's the same yeah. thing 
Yes. I actually, I was going to say, I think my analogy sucks, but maybe this isn't so bad because I'm like, so to take it one step further, I'm like, okay, it is the same thing, but I feel like it's different. The, I feel like if, if, if that town or, you know, ordinance or whatever, like puts up the money to essentially pay a celebrity to move there in order to increase their property value. I'm like, that's cool. That's, fine and like you know legal or whatever but i also feel like it's bullshit for the celebrity in that example to pretend that that didn't happen that they're just like oh i just happened to find this awesome thing it's like no fucker like you got paid you know let's let's keep it real um so uh even if like all intentions are good even if the celebrity like likes living there i don't know maybe this like example isn't like the greatest or whatever but i'm like you're getting paid to promote something you should just you know, be straight up and be like, I'm getting paid to promote this thing. Even if you really like this thing, like you should just say like, you know, be forthright and not just be like, Oh, I just happened to <laughs> me and all my buddies found this thing. Coincidentally. No, I agree with the misrepresentation part. Like if there were, I like, I don't recall celebrities like being as blatant or like disingenuous to say like, Oh, look what I just like happened to find in my digital wallet that I had already set up. Um, if anyone was doing it like that, I think that that is problematic. I don't recall that. I feel like that's the insinuation, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, man. Maybe I'm sort of like extrapolating a little bit. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, but also like just sort of agree with your point on Robness. Also agree with your point on like these projects being good in terms of just public education and making people aware of where uh we're at but also i i just feel like uh i don't know man like the 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 game that they made is just like so unexciting i'm like i, I don't i, I don't nah, i don't know i could go on and on i'm just tired of like them being the thing we're like most closely associated with when like you know the whole shit started with a bunch of other stuff and you know sort of just got co-opted with like this gigantic ape narrative mm -hmm. no no totally um again I, I, I this is like the the refrain i keep going back to over the past few weeks that it, whatever the the shit is right and like wherever whatever side of the line you fall on any of these issues like you you can't say that this shit is not entertaining <laughs> like this is yeah. like this is the equivalent of us like sitting up down to like breakfast table like piping up coffee in hand cracking open that newspaper and it's like the fucking apes and rider rips are out of the way. <laughs> like, yeah like read about and think about Dude, it's yeah, man. I, I feel like, you know, we really, uh, you know, I, I think I told you, man, I was, you know, in Disney a few weeks ago with my kids and my wife and everything. And we're on the uh, future ride at Epcot or whatever, when they're like talking about the future and like, you know, the future ride was, I don't know when they updated it, but they got all the way to like VR at the very end. They're talking about like, you know, technology's progression throughout the course of history it's actually like really cool and interesting i hadn't been there in, in like 20 years or something like that so you know fr fresh take at a different point in my life and i'm like dude all the shit that we're talking about leads to like what we're doing right now man like we're like literally on the bleeding edge of some of like the coolest tech out there and of course there are like different sectors of like technology that are also like you know fascinating in their own right but i'm like dude we're like right there on the bleeding edge and like you know, the next addition to this, uh, you know, what does the future look like 
uh, ride at the theme park or whatever could absolutely have like all the shit that we're like fucking with right now, you know, like crypto and NFTs and, uh, you know, AI and the inter- metaverse and the intersection of like all these things. Uh, it's just really, uh, yeah, to your point, man, just exciting, you know, win, lose or draw or whatever the hell is going on out there. It's fun to just be in the mix. Uh, of this whole thing and it's fun to speak gin man uh to your to what you're saying like earlier i feel like uh we've been in this space for a long time i haven't i've known gin for a long time but i feel like when i met gin i didn't quite like understand him or get where he's coming from and be able to carry on a conversation with him like i am now uh so it's it's cool to uh be that deep hundred percent. And like to your point, like it, it, this with every passing day, with more people coming in, like as corny or derivative of, as most of the projects are, like in the the most negative, with the most negative lens on, like the adoption's still coming. And even looking at the Super Bowl, I'm not talking about the fucking grifter who did the QR code, like give me Twitter followers, paid seven million dollars for that. I'm not talking about that, but. Even looking at like the the talking e trade baby commercial, there's like casually thrown in like metaverse, <laughs> like fine. Yeah. even though they're like sarcastic and snarky about it, it's just like it's really funny to hear people really talk about like yeah virtual real estate living in the metaverse that sort of sort of thing. It's like it's really kind of funny as like sarcastic as it may be, which lends like, it kind of reinforces my belief that. This is where we're going. Yeah, everyone made a joke about the internet back in the day and like, oh, you have like www dot blah, 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 blah. Are you surfing the internet, bro? Like people were making fun of people that were on the internet casually browsing and like vibing out back in the day um, before they went out to make like the most impactful corporations of our generation and like probably the past few generations with the behemoths that have been running the show on the tech side of things for the past couple of decades, right? So... Yeah, I'm laughing <laughs> yeah. all the way to the bank and to, into the future, basically. Dude, it, it is crazy to have entered like the public vernacular. It, like, yeah, that that was sort of like a moment for me as well during the Super Bowl. I was like, wow, man, look how fucking far we've come. Like from, uh, you know, that NFT NYC we were at with like, you know, 100 people or something like that when like nobody knew what any of this shit was uh and to yeah be be in the public vernacular even as a joke man like during the fucking super bowl to have like our like you know little terms you know from a few years ago be that big now that uh people actually are saying them and knowing what is being referenced is like pretty fucking staggering man we were there like so so early dude i've been on i've been on like a bunch of uh different been at a bunch of different virtual events and like different Twitter spaces and everything over the last couple of weeks. And it's happened like a bunch of times where like people, people who I respect and who are like extremely talented are like flexing that they're like, you know, been here since 2021 and shit like that. And I'm like, it's, it's so crazy. Like take a step back and be like, you know, yeah, those, those people, you know, at this point have probably earned their stripes and like should be proud of being in the space for that long. Uh, if they're still in here, like contributing and building and everything, but I'm like, damn dude, like <laughs> it's 
so early, like not that long ago. And like, you know, five years later, we're, we're still, people are still out here saying we're so early and that's, there's probably a lot of truth to that, but it's, it's just crazy. Yeah. And appreciating like the, the different classes that have come into crypto, yeah. um, the different generations, like when you zoom out and you see everyone else that has their quote unquote, like early stripes from whatever their classes, um, like folks that got into 2015 or 2012 or like earlier um, and later, like everyone, it's very cool to have that that schedule and have that cadence and have people kind of come up together with their cohort so that they have their tribe. But then like, it's just the ring of tribes that preceded them and surround them and are still working amongst them um, or within them. If, if we think that this is like a growing tree, right? Like the OGs are the smallest of small rings and everyone that comes after them, like they're bigger, they encircle them, <laughs> they surround them. Um, thinking in that perspective, then it sort of like shifts how you think about everything. But it's it's still cool, nonetheless, I think. And to appreciate that is really to appreciate like how history grows and evolves and is always in flux and is changing. And again, that just reinforces how like built for the future this space and everyone that's participating and, and staying active is. And even people that quote unquote aren't active. As long as they keep coming back, whatever cadence works for them and their lives, like that's that's everything. Like um, sort of a tangent, but that revolving door of being able to come in and add value and create and have fun and vibe out and then kind of peace out um, if other things come up in one's life only to come back later. That's that's a huge like, benefit of this space that you don't get in like a certainly a normal like nine to five job that expects you to come into a very specific office and sit in a very specific cubicle right um i think again the impact of this sort of dynamics and opportunities that the space poses to people uh, having fun working professionally otherwise um shilling shit posting it's it's still so early in that regards that people really haven't thought through like those extra benefits and what it potentially means for their lives. Sort of a tangent, but no, it's it's uh, thinking about what you're saying about it being tribal, man. And I think there's actually like a lot of truth to that, and part of and that probably facilitates that this like environment that you're referring to, where like you know you can uh, dip out for a little while and then like come back in. And if you're, you know, part of one of these tribes out here, then, you know, the, the tribe looks out for the tribe type of thing. And I feel like that, you know, it's, it, it started and maybe I'm just sort of thinking off the top of my head. I'm like, I feel like that, that really in the very beginning, it felt like we were all sort of one tribe. It just wasn't that big, but then there was like the big run up and the PFP explosion. And I feel like that's where it like really started getting, very uh i don't want to say siloed but like tribal in terms of like people sort of finding their own factions and communities that they like align themselves with and and it needed to happen because the everything was just expanding at such like a rapid rate but uh it still feels like that now and i and and i don't even think it's like necessarily a bad thing i i think you know people just had to split up you know the main nft community just had to get chopped up into like sub communities uh, but it's cool to see like the communities out there that are still doing well and alive and kicking in the bear market. And I feel like there's a lot of like, uh, you know, healthy 
cross tribal relationships uh, amongst like a lot of these projects. And like you said, man, we like throwing some shade at like the board apes and everything during this episode, but there's a lot of fucking great people who hold them or are, you know, ape, uh, you, you know, have them as their PFP and everything uh, as well. And again, you know, speaks again to the, the coolness of like the overall, vibe of uh of what's going on out here and i was i was actually like really concerned that that was going to get lost during the bull market uh, <laughs> in case anyone couldn't tell uh and that that was just going to get sort of like absorbed by like walmart and mcdonald's uh and and just sort of transform that whole uh you know sort of vibe of, of the space but it doesn't feel like that anymore man I, it, and I feel like uh you know sort of at the bottom of the market here once the, the place is emptied out uh yeah the people who are left are cool but for the most part across uh, across all lines yeah dude um do we want to do something with this audience that have been like listening and vibing out with us um real quick just getting uh the whip shill in for this week thursday we got as we mentioned rare squip rare skrilla uh coming through talking about his recent async drop and we're going to pick his brain about ordinals and everything btc of course and we have Fractilians that's going to come and talk about the, the grant program uh, going on at Mooniverse. So make sure you come to WIP 12 p.m. Pacific, Thursday, um, 3 p.m. Pacific, or 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, but if anyone in the audience has any questions or wants to say some shit based off of what we said, do we, do we want to experiment with that here right now? Sure. Yeah, we're doing a live thing this week. We have people in our audience uh, in the in the Token Smart Discord here. Shout out Trislet for helping us set this up. Uh, I see Dragonate's mom just popped in along with Dragonate and <laughs> a bunch of yeah, other people. If anyone wants to say something, has any questions, I guess you can write it in the general chat or you can raise your hand, bring you to the stage, ask a question in chat. Just crash whatever. the stage or whatever. Yeah. We don't know how this works. We've never done this no before. <laughs> Or maybe we need to allow people. I don't know. Uh, but this is cool, man. Uh, we, we've we never actually done this before. Oh, do we have a question in the live chat? Oh, hello. Says Dragonate's mom. Hello, Dragonate's mom. Uh, we've never actually done this before, but in the spirit of doing things, uh, decided to try doing a live thing. Uh, this time, just to make sure it worked. And uh, if it does work, maybe we do some of these on a recurring basis and try and get some live bodies in here and some audience interaction uh, or something like that. Uh, a lot of people know we, for a long time, we were taking guests for like, uh, we started off taking zero guests uh, and then moved to a format where we were interviewing projects and guests and like, you know, all this stuff for a long time. And now we're just back to me and Matt, but now we're back to me and Matt with an audience. Ooh, question from Dragonate. Thank you. Our qu first question from the audience. What do you think will be the next wave? Uh, DJ question, Dragonate. <laughs> what do you think will be the next wave, Matt? Um, what, what's top of mind for me is I, I, I always go off of like what I'm most interested in and what I find myself going back and checking and uh, thinking about the most. And I, I had a tweet yesterday, just was talking to artist Josh Pierce and about an upcoming Nifty drop. And we're talking about like what we can do. We were talking about like the cop theme of like eternal life. And that kind of prompted me to think about like soulbound tokens and or like a constantly evolving dynamic nifty. And on the latter point, he, he was like, oh, shit, did you check out a project that I released with Transient Labs last year um, called Impermanence? And I was like, no, what the fuck is that? And it's this it's a work of dynamic art and it changes and updates based on the the meteorological conditions of your your local oh, area. Like 
this. Yes, yeah, very cool. Day and night and temperature. And there's like 100 plus different states. And I was like, holy shit, I didn't know. I had not seen that. So I go check it out. There's only three uh, editions out of 100 total listed. Scoop one. And it's like mimicking my weather conditions. It snowed last night. It was snowing, got really cold, changed with the uh, the day and night. And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. Like every, anytime I see a new weather condition outside, I want to see like what my art's doing. I want to see what Josh did for those different states. And that sort of dynamic um, evolving art is really fucking cool to me. Matt Cain's Gazers obviously is is probably the premier premier example of that where every morning and night like that's sort of like my my ritual to check how and what my gazer is doing that sort of art something that is really only possible one in the digital realm but that the like programmability of the blockchain and smart contracts really helps to unlock longer term it's just really fucking cool to me and things that you can do and experiences you can create based off of that sort of dynamic primitive and the basic states is really fucking fundamentally interesting to me and every artist or every creator will have their their own interpretation of how they work with that so i don't know if that's going to be a a, a big wave that will catch a lot of people but i'm just <laughs> probably more selfishly hoping that more yeah. people people get in on that and again like for async arts sake the the real kind of uh origin like um yeah originators of programmable art when it comes to crypto art um i hope they have the resurgence when more people understand that this sort of art has been out there um is collectible and that there are more and more tools for artists to create fucking crazy experiences what about you Rizal? Uh, dude, cool answer, man. Uh, I remember talking with in the very beginning when Conlon was sort of like hatching the concept for async. We had a conversation with him and hopped on a call and talking about this sort of concept, like that you're talking about playing out right here with like dynamic changes with like depending on a whole bunch of like outside variables and everything. So it's cool to see. <laughs> it's it's always crazy, like thinking back on some of these conversations on like how far ahead we were with some of these concepts at the time and how long they actually take to be like, you know, come to fruition or whatever. Um, dude, I, I'm like constantly salty about not having a gazer. So I appreciate that <laughs> reminder. Um, <laughs> shout, shout, out, shout out Nifty Pat at Nifty Gateway. He was someone else I thought was like early on. I'm like, yo, you should probably scoop a gazer, dude. He, he yeah. missed it too. And he was eternally salty <laughs> yes yes that's about where i'm at uh uh for me man i i think ar ai like it consumes the world uh shortly probably like yeah. more shortly yeah. we think uh and and i think it's I think it comes with its pros and cons, but in terms of like the next wave, I think it's going to, there's going to be like a massive unlock for people like me, honestly, like I'm out here, uh, you know, being able to be an artist, like I have never been able to be just because of the tools that have come out. Uh, and I, I imagine there's like a lot of other people out there like me, like once this stuff becomes like more accessible and even more like user-friendly, uh, it's just like so fun and fascinating to see what you cre can create uh, and like conjure up. And I think like especially once 
it hits the metaverse in terms of like world building and like asset building in like the 3d realm uh i think shit's gonna get like really crazy and really fun so uh so i i don't know i don't know how far out like the tech is from supporting that level of like uh you know influx or whatever like you see even with like a lot of these platforms that are like pretty well polished now Still, like once you get to a certain you know amount of like uh you know polygons or people in there or things moving simultaneously uh shit doesn't hold up too too well but uh but in so many capacities man it's, it's just crazy to see like the constant evolution of like ai across a lot of industries in, including our own but I, I think uh i don't know i think shit's gonna get weird and that eats eats it all <laughs> great cool um yeah, well, this is probably a good place to wrap things up. Uh, big shout out to Trislet and Token Smart for hosting us in this. Oh, wait, yeah, we got another question, but I got to hop off in a couple oh, minutes. Anyway. But we might as well do our due diligence. Thanks, Mike, for the question. Mick, Mike, M-I-C. Question, is virtual real estate worth it? Do you think it will gain any traction in the future? Um, to, well, I'll take this one first, and then I'll pass it your way. Uh I don't know. I would say it depends. Uh, I mean, I I feel like from a collectibles collectors standpoint or like an artist or creator, like being able to make something that people appreciate enough to buy. Uh, I think there's like a lot of contexts where it's cool to own virtual land um and it just in the same way it is cool to own like an nft like it, you know it, it does have that feeling of like ownership when it's like actually yours in your wallet and uh and a lot of these places are you know you need to own them in order to customize them or like you know if they're built on the blockchain uh you know you can do interesting things like token gating uh but it's also you know we've been to a lot of platforms recently where you don't have to own anything in order to participate uh or like monoverse for example you can build and then uh mint your thing if you want to or not so there's sort of like an option that doesn't necessarily affect anything from like the builder or user side of thing uh so i don't know i think probably some people would say it's worth it probably some people would say it's not uh i, I think everyone sort of approaches it with like different use cases and intentions in mind uh both from a user and collector standpoint so uh i don't know probably probably not for everyone but definitely for some people yeah i mean my perspective like the one of my most valuable like digital assets that i own is the a lot of money design crypto art stadium that i have at crypto voxels oh, yeah i mean that's sort of like my personal metaverse home um is it the most valuable thing like to anyone else Probably not. Although, like some like passionate collectors, like the a lot of money affiliation definitely increases its like overall potential market value. Um, I think before real virtual real estate is is actually worth it, you need to look at the actual activity that's coming in through either Moniverse spaces or like parcels and crypto voxels or DCL or Somnium space. Um, it, is it something that people are constantly bringing in events? in and around? Um, is there a lot of foot traffic? Is there a lot of like in-world engagement? Looking at those metrics will probably be like more telling to see if it's actually worth it or if it's just like a price that's inflated now because it's like, because of the scarcity or whatever. Um, I think the, the pricing for a lot of the land is more weighted by the latter 
and people aren't really thinking about the former, the actual activity that's going on in these places. Um, the whip has been set up to try to funnel more activity to these spaces to add value to the virtual worlds. But because there's not many fo- many outfits like us, um, I think in that sense, you can probably say that at least for now, virtual real estate probably isn't worth it. But if there is an increase in that in-world activity, um, and certain spaces would be the beneficiaries of that in terms of becoming more and more valuable, quote unquote, metaverse real estate. That's my take. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. I, you know, I have my little apartment in CryptoVoxels that Brookhawk set up for me uh, so kindly and everything. And I've hosted like a bunch of events in there. And, uh, you know, I pop in every now and again to like change something around or whatever. But it does have like, you know, nostalgia vibes at this point. And it's mine. And it feels like mine. I have control over it. And, you know, good memories of being in there. And, you know, when I hop in, even on my own to switch out the guest list or something, it like... Uh, I don't know. It sounds weird, but it does sort of feel like, you know, home or whatever in a way virtually. So, uh, but yeah, man, I feel like, I feel like you probably don't need to necessarily own it for, to get that feeling, but uh, I don't know. I'm an NFT collector, like total nerd about this stuff. So I like it. (laughs) Same, same. Um, Cool. Well, those questions were awesome. Shout out. Yeah, appreciate it. For the questions, shout out Trizlet Token Smart for hosting us. We'll be back next week for this recording. It's super smooth. And shout out Hexidized, uh, Soul King, Dragonate's mom, of course, um, and Mike for for jumping in and listening to us um, in this inaugural <laughs> Matthew and Rizzle show live recording. Um, it was dope. All right, dude. Cool. Until next week. See you at the whip. Yeah. Cool. Peace, dude. Later, y'all. Right.